0: It's time for another edition of Dome and Domer, the only podcast for Notre Dame fans by Notre Dame fans. If you're looking for cogent analysis and unbiased opinions backed by careful reporting, you've come to the wrong place. For the next 20 minutes or so, you'll get a fan's perspective on the Fighting Irish without all the normal spin from the so called professional analysts. It's Dome and Domer. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Brammer and Ed Jordanik.
1: Hello, Irish fans, and welcome to another edition of Dome and Domer. My name's Mike Brammer. Joining me tonight, Ed Jordanic. also joining us from indienation.com, Mike Coffey. Uh So, first question I got Man, did you see the production of the coaches? I thought yes. that was really well
2: done. That was. <laughs> like, I'm I'm good.
1: I'm usually not a big fan of that, but man, that one was done pretty cool.
2: They, you gotta they give, did a fantastic. Whoever did on. that, that give
1: him a big, huge thumbs up. That was pretty damn cool. Absolutely. So, Ed, did you see it? I'm guessing nope. you did. All right, there you go. <laughs> oh,
2: dude, run!
0: do so you know, it was walks, it was kind of a replay it. of. Yeah, no, I heard about it. Um, yeah,
1: no, it's it's yeah. really cool. I got I got to be honest with you. I thought it was really well done. I'm usually not a big fan of that stuff, but man, that was pretty cool. Now, the problem is you got to back it up because now you play Louisville at Louisville seven thirty at night, same old thing. but um, anyways, uh, so it's a big, huge question for you to start. and I'll start with you. The you know, I, I think it's fair to say that Notre Dame going into the game, are coming off an emotional, emotional loss to Ohio State, where they did play four full quarters of good, solid football. You then go into another hostile environment, game day, U.S. ESPN, all of that stuff. To to have the game go the way that it did, and then end the way that it did. I mean, I I think you got to give some big time credit. To the program as a whole to pull off that win, knowing that things didn't like go their way during the game, right? And to having gone through eight full quarters of just like intensity like that, and to pull out the win, that's gotta, it's gotta bode something good, right? I mean, it's gotta point you in the right direction, at least on some things, in spite of the pre snap penalties, all that stuff we could talk about. (laughs)
0: I mean, it's all, I think it all comes back to how, you know, how you look at Notre Dame football, right? So you look at coffee shirt, right? It's half full. It's half full or it's half empty, one or the other. Exactly. So if it's half full.
2: Positivity, all those positivity.
0: Yeah. If it's half full, then, you know, you talk about the resiliency of the team, their ability to get it done uh, when it mattered, Um, you know, you can talk about the fact that, uh, you know, they faced some demons um, after a really tough loss um, and they found a way to win, you know, on the road against a ranked team, you know, and um, you know, if your glass is half full, then you're going to focus on the penalties. You're going to focus on the, you know, head scratching (laughs) Marcus Freeman, you know, thinking about, you know going down it at mentality. the one yard line yeah you know <laughs> you're gonna with with a field goal kicker who's you know less than <laughs> who's not exactly 40 yards elite,
1: yeah can remember, you imagine was, what would have happened if he would have if he would have done that let's say audrey downed it okay yeah. he downs it we do three and out all three timeouts are burned you get it down to like what 30 seconds can you imagine if no, we I would have walked imagine. out and missed the field goal?
0: I don't want to imagine. Uh,
1: oh, my God. I, I don't even want to begin where those conversations would have gone. I mean, you know, like,
0: whether, it's the, whether it's the NFL or college football, I mean, coaches, head coaches are doing a lot of things that just make you shake your head. It's yeah. analytics. It's, well, yeah, it's, 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 it's small. It's, small, it's, it's, it's um, long,
2: they, they have stat sheets as long as your arm saying, in this situation, with this guy yeah, yeah, going, yeah. if, if it's – you yeah. know
1: what? If I, you just do nothing but coach off of statistics, well, then shit, anybody could be. Coffee, you could be the next head coach in Notre Dame. if all you do is look, look at way
2: the... way better off for that. <laughs> or yeah. not.
0: But, I mean, yeah, if but I mean, if that's you know, all you're doing
1: is looking at the statistics and percentages and coaching based off that,
0: I mean, I mean Freeman, come on, man. I mean, that's Freeman, crazy. Freeman, allu- Freeman alluded to the fact that, you know, he has that information at his fingertips and, you know, he uses it, but it doesn't. But, you know, there's a couple things going on here that, um, that, I don't know if you guys I think his last name is Adams but there's this guy that nobody knows about really I mean they've, they've written about him a little bit that's kind of Bill Belichick's sort of uh, voice in his ear and he sits up in the press box every game and he he basically has a direct line to Belichick and he just knows the game really well and he he tells him about things that you know that he that he notices. And I think Freeman needs somebody like that.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: somebody to say, listen, you've got 10 men on the field. You've got 10 men on the field.
2: Confidence. Or, or yeah, I, exactly. Like, listen, yeah.
0: that's not, that's not reviewable. That's not a reviewable play. You know, like, yep. These, yep. These are the kind of things that matter, you know, in a game of inches in a college football season where a single loss can derail your chances for, a, you know, for, <clears throat> for a playoff spot. And what's concerning to me about Saturday. I mean, there are a couple of things. I mean, I, I, I don't, know, I don't know offensive line play well enough, but there was issues. <laughs> oh, um, for sure. And maybe some for of that sure. was a stubbornness by Parker to keep running the same sort of, you know, sort of, you know, dive play or whatever it was up the middle. Or maybe it was just a poor blocking scheme. And I'm never going to be one not to give credit to the other team. I mean, sometimes I think we get so wrapped up in our own team that we forget the other side has scholarships and some pretty good coaching. And, um, and it's kind of interesting to me that, you know, Elko had these guys prepared they played really hard they played really well and then when he had a chance to go for the kill shot he blew it He yeah, did mean, they had uh, us I, on I, yeah heels.
1: I'm with you Ed, there I was surprised he pushed. Come. I think they should have gone for it
0: oh 100% if or they, they go lose.
1: for it and convert it the game's over they win it's it's you know what i mean like it's had that's been, it they had been
0: pushing they had been pushing us around yeah been, you know we had, they hadn't given up any points to us um they they he blew it he he should have gone. Uh, I for agree. It. I, I think he should have and if gone he for. It. If he doesn't make it, he's still a 50-50 chance of winning the game. You at, at least benefit. do an R. RP- you do
1: an RPO in that situation and let him make the call. And you know what I mean? Like you just at least give him the chance. That's what I thought. The well, pooch.
2: See, as as I said on our site, the the brilliant call is always the one that works. I mean, right. as well as Duke's defense was playing. If you if you would have said, we're going to pin Notre Dame back on their own five-yard line with what was it, like a little over two minutes to play. And if you would watch the game up till then and seen how our offense had performed and how their defense was performed, maybe say, no, that's that's the call to make, especially when their field goal kickers 0-2. Listen, so, when, yeah. I say this,
0: when, I, when I say this kind of stuff, you guys got to understand, I only say it if I was screaming at the TV while it happened. Oh of I'm course. Not, I'm not looking right. reverse. Right. No, I'm serious. I'm not looking at reverse because yeah. I know that that's, that you're right. You could always, you know, look at the result and say they should have done this or they should have done that. But I think that like when you're when you're the underdog, um, when you're trying to make your mark, when you're playing a a, a big time opponent and Notre Dame is a big time opponent for every school, for every team that they play, especially especially a Duke and you have a chance to step on their throat. Uh, I would I much rather I would much rather go to bed yep. that night feeling like you know, shit, we just didn't get it, we didn't get it done than feeling like I had a chance to take out the king, and I didn't do it
2: and I will say philosophically, yes, I do agree with you. I'm just pointing out that statistically, again, we're getting back to the stats, I can see maybe why he made that call, given how the performances go. but I I, I think well, you, all these, you all have these to be
0: coaches are like, going for fourth like, down on their own twenty yard line in the first. I mean it doesn't make any sense what they're doing, whatever these sheets say. But I think we've gotten away from a feel for and I don't think mm-hmm. Elko is one of these guys Oh, no doubt. Is a slave to the to the you know to the call sheet or I mean not a slave to the no stat sheet or whatever. But I mean, you know, whatever. I mean that's Duke's problem. I'm I'm you know, but I if I was a Duke fan, <laughs> I would be like, you know, we we
1: heard yeah, like, you, you you our fought guy, for four guy. quarters. Yes, right. Yeah, our, you got all the way to that point. Right. Why would you not, at that right. point, take the gamble? You, you got Damn. to the point that you wanted to get to. Yep. You're in the game with Notre Dame. You're up in the fourth quarter. We Why not real- take a
2: gamble on oh, fourth and fully.
0: four? We were clearly on our heels.
1: We were absolutely on our heels.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, and, and now. And all this- it, and, and and speaking of other coaching decisions, I was glad to see when it was fourth and sixteen or whatever that Duke's defensive coordinator drinks like reads from the same book as uh Golden does and <laughs> rushes three and puts eight back in yeah, the exactly. damn thing happens.
1: Yeah, 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 but coffee. I mean, you would do that. Think about it, fourth and sixteen. Why are you gonna send everybody? That's the last thing in the world you're gonna do. You're you're no. gonna make it you know what I'm, you're gonna force. Him to throw into tight coverage into a tight window.
2: True, but so, then if you're going to do that, you can't have everybody standing six yards behind the line to gain. You, you need to put I know, two I, guys but, but on believe, that line Co- to say you're not getting. I know, but it.
1: Coffee, believe me, the last thing in the world anybody thought was going to happen was that Sam Harden was going to run for 17 yards. I mean, that well, is well, the but, last thing listen, anybody I, again, was thinking.
0: I, I think it was. I think it was a pretty good call because. They had Hartman running for his life with a three-man rush. I mean, yeah. that's how that's how they were whipping us at the line of scrimmage on both sides. So yeah. I, I think I mean when you when you sort of are able, he's like, shoot, we we can get to the quarter with three or four three guys. You know why shouldn't I drop eight into coverage? Now they may not have executed it that, that well, or they may have had a couple guys that were afraid someone was going to slip past them and Hartman was going to hit them way down the field, or you know whatever. But but I well, I I, he, I, I had much You more don't ahead. think
1: he's gonna get 17 yards. I mean you're not yeah. concerned with Hartman running it because in most cases he's not gonna run it. He's gonna let the because, ball
0: fly right and take he, his chances. Because that's what he's good at, right? That, yeah, that's good. Exactly. He's good at extending the play and finding the yeah. open receiver. Uh yep. his his only problem Saturday night was he didn't have any receivers who had to get open.
1: <laughs> he didn't. Yeah. I hate to say this, but I saw a lot of replays from behind. There was nobody open, yeah, and that's a concern. Like, yeah. you know, we had Jaden Thomas was out, House was out, but man alive, I think we had missed,
0: at, I think, I we think had
1: no missed. separation from the wide receivers, yeah. none,
0: I, I zero. Kinda, I think they kind of missed Salerno too, you know. Oh, I mean, big time!
1: He's, he zero separation. You could
0: find some separation, yeah, and uh, you know, Stays has disappeared the last two weeks. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, thank God for Mitchell Evans. But, you know, Elko, after that first quarter, you know, first half or whatever, he bracketed Evans on every play because he knew that he could, you know, play man on those other guys and be just fine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think more concerning is is, you know, being able to move the ball consistently on the ground. Uh, I mean, I think that that's still if this team is going to be successful and win out, it's going to have to do that in every single game. You know, it's going to have to have you know four and a half, five yards of carry, you know, as yeah. an average, um, and it they did not do that. Um, they, they were fortunate to win. Not. Yeah, and that, that's a good,
1: uh, a perfect transition point, Coffee. So um, going into Louisville, you, so you're not going to see the defensive line that you saw at Duke, and I and I do give a lot of credit to. I think Duke's defensive line is arguably better than Ohio State's. I honestly believe that, 100%. I, 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 I could see that. I honestly I that. truly believe that. I think they were that good.
2: And their best well,
0: player was a Notre Dame transfer. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: Well, and, and I think part of it, you, you got to look at Elko. I mean, he comes from the defensive side of the oh, ball. Oh, great I mean, coach. When he was at Clearly Notre Dame.
1: a good coach.
2: Our defense played very well when he was at Notre Dame. I mean, he, he's an outstanding coach, and he knows how to get his guys to play up. Now that, that's not to say that um coaches on Notre Dame side, but I, I think Elko has elevated Duke's program to a level where I think people don't necessarily expect them to be as good as they are. And I think they really are. Now to, to your point, I don't think Louisville is going to be as good. I think they're going to be smaller. I think they're going to be maybe a little bit faster though. So yeah, I, agree I think they I think I think uh to my mind this would be a prime candidate for like misdirection plays, for screens, for yeah. the kind of plays that are going to take advantage of a fast player who's going to be over-enthusiastic, might over-pursue, leave a gap behind him or beside him that can be taken advantage of. And I'd like to see a little bit more of that because the the, the offense in the last couple of weeks has just seemed so vanilla. And I, I'm not seeing the counter runs. I'm not seeing like well, there was obviously one screen pass we saw last week, but we didn't see any of that this week. Where just something to to kind of knock the defense, the front seven of the defense out of their comfort zone. Put something there with give them a little more to think about, so they can't just pin their ears back and go after Sam Hartman. They if 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 we need them to be like look not necessarily staring, looking around. Do I got to go left? Do I got to go right? The minute you get them looking around and thinking too much, that's when the mistakes happen.
1: Yeah, no, i don't agree, and it's um so. To to that point that Coffee's making, Louisville has some extreme athletes. I think more than what Duke had. So if you look at some of the skilled positions, Duke Louisville's got guys that Duke did not have. Yeah. Now, however, remember
0: remember Jeff Jeff Brom is to offense as Mike Elko is to defense. Like Jeff Brom is very good. offensive mind and a yep. good coach. And he he I think part of the reason, you know, the that he that part of the reason he was able to go to the portal and get some of these guys is because he knows that, that you know he has that reputation of being able to turn you know churn out these Rondell Moore types and you know churn yeah. out some of these quarterbacks yep. uh, and make mm-hmm. them into draft picks possibly. So um so yeah no I you know we're gonna have our hands full again. I mean Louisville's a tough Louisville definitely has more football sort of uh, tradition and a better fan ba- i mean you know uh, than duke um yeah. Yeah. you know L- louisville's got you know some some uh some uh you know they they filled up that stadium for these games before and they're gonna be they're gonna be crazy um so you know it's gonna be another another tough environment another tough place to play and to me you know we'll be okay if we don't i mean the word the most concerning stat about saturday night was third down we were oh, big terrible time. big third down i mean yeah two, for, for three, two games two in a row 40, it's not and the reason for that is is because we put ourselves in second and nine third yep. and seven second yep. and tw- eleven third and nine you know over and over and over again and you know, Sam Hartman's really good, but the reason, you know, he had success in the first two or three games is because Audric Estime was getting six or seven yards a carry. I mean, right. that doesn't, you know, that, right. that, that, that covers up a lot of sins and a lot of uh, a lot of inexperience of your receiving core. So we just, if they're working on anything this week, I hope it's, you know, obviously they're going to have to throw the ball to keep, you know, Louisville honest. And hopefully they can, you know, with Thomas and Greyhouse back, you know, that'll help. But man, they better they better figure out a way um, to uh, to move the ball on the ground and to run confidently on third and three, on third and two, you know, on third yeah. and four. You know that.
1: Yeah, you got to have that confidence to do that. But a uh, coffee to Ed's point. I I, I think the other concern. I don't. know, Maybe I'm blowing this up too much than I should. But to have the number of pre-snap penalties that we had, that's that's not a good sign. And usually. I mean, nine times out of 10, I think that when you look at coaching, you look at the number of penalties as ter- in terms of the effect of coaching mm-hmm. and the number of turnovers. Those are the two things that you look at yeah. in terms of a team that signify what is the level of detail of coaching. And I, I think that, that that clearly is a concern. It's just It's a head scratcher because we didn't do it in the first four games.
2: Yeah, but the last two have really. And I don't know. Yeah, the last two, you kind of scratch your head and you're like, all right,
1: what's going on?
2: Is is it the step up in competition that has the players playing more tight? Is it uh, like 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 the false start penalties or the offensive lineman thinking I have really got to get off my block because this guy across from me is like ten times better than anybody I faced in the first four games? That's certainly possible, but I, I completely agree that if they're they're not going to get out of this stretch of four games with only one loss if they don't discipline their play, because there's you you can't be shooting yourself in the foot. You can't be ending up with first and fifteen, or or, or as you were saying, Mike, uh, first and fifteen, second and eleven, or whatever. You get there because of penalties. I think overall. I think the offensive line has done a relatively decent job keeping Sam Hartman upright. But if you false start, that's just like giving up a sack, because because now yeah. you're coming up with yeah. you're 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 five yards back. It completely changes your play call, and you're and it's it's self-inflicted injuries that just get so as you said, they're so frustrating to watch, and you can't beat the other team if you're too busy beating yourself.
0: Yeah, my sense it, is that if Marcus Freeman, uh, you know, could uh, could take his bye week this week instead of two weeks from now, he would do exactly. it. Uh, oh, exactly. Absolutely. You. And absolutely. Uh, he can really I,
1: use it right now. I agree. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we don't talk about it, you know, because these are, you know, young kids and, you know, oh, gosh, you know, they don't get, you know, but you got to remember, you know, midterms are next week. Uh, they do have to go to the class. They do have to turn in some assignments. Um, they've just, they had a really mentally and physically draining loss to Ohio state and they just had a mentally and physically draining, you know, vent, uh, trip to trip to Duke. And so, you know, can they, I think the real thing is, I mean, are Louisville and USC beatable hundred percent, they, sh- they should win both games. And I think if they had a, a bye week this week and then played Louisville and USC, yeah, you know, I, I think they'd be, yep. you know, but. Oh, so definitely. it's going to be, it's going to be, they really got to reach down. And I think it's, it's, it's on the coaching staff to sort of pull that out of them, you know, and get them to that bye week um, focused because to me, those mistakes that you guys were talking about, you know um, what's concerning to me is, you know, they, they were committed by supposedly the backbone of the team and your smart guys, your offensive linemen.
2: Right.
1: You know, right. They,
0: you can't grow.
1: Uh, I mean, like, <laughs> How do you do two missed snaps? Like, oh, yeah, you rarely see that in a single season, let alone twice in the same game. Yeah. I mean, that that was kind of weird.
2: Uh, so, I, I think I think to to Ed's point, point, let's write because we all marvel, wow, the se- it's barely October and the season's half over already. Well, yeah, because yeah. they they played six games, and they started early because of the Week Zero game. Yeah, they're going to go eight games before they get a bye. and that early in the season. And yeah, we we do talk about because they're young guys, but th- that can be draining, especially when that's a lot. I, I agree, it is a right lot. Right there in a row at the end, hundred
1: percent. It's a lot. So to that's
2: ask. that's going to be that, yeah. That's going to be yet one more challenge. That I mean, you know, I'm I again. I've always had I'm a big Marcus Freeman fan, but let's also remember he's a second year head coach. I mean, he's never had to do this kind of thing before, and. So it'll be interesting to see how he can get the team up, not only physically but also psychologically.
0: Yeah. Because I,
2: eventually you got to think the the tanks running dry; it needs to be replenished. And then, I, I, I don't know, two weeks off in the final four weeks that or final six weeks. That's I don't know who put this schedule together, but they should have they yeah. should have broken this first bit up, or maybe they should have played Navy when they were supposed to and not done this Ireland boondoggle. But that's that's another rant. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's that's a. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, to me, like, you know, scheduling, the art of scheduling, it seems like every school in the country, um, you know, schedules their bye week around us. Um, except, and we, you know, and we, we've got Clemson, um, you know, we've got Clemson, USC and Ohio State this year. And we play the week before all of them. Now, you know, you can make an argument that, you know, it's good to sort of be on your, you know, sort of on your toes. And I think, you know, the the Clemson you want to play Pitt before you play Clemson after your bye week. You know, you Oh, want sure. Kind of, yeah, you know, yeah. That, that works out in our favor. Shit the
2: rust off. Right.
0: Yeah. Right.
2: But. And the same yeah, with the well, Wolf too. I mean, you, you, you get Wake Forest at home. And then, of course, that, that assumes like, it wasn't that long ago that Stanford was a, a quality road opponent to close out the year. But uh, from that standpoint, things were set up fine. It's just I think if Louisville – was the Louisville we were expecting them to be at the beginning of the season. We would be looking at the schedule. Okay, this is good. This is kind of a breather game. Yeah, it's on the road and all that. But Brome has not playing way, way better than I think a lot of people expected. So it's going to be a tough one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, the, the uh, so the last point I wanted to make, and I, I do kind of want to circle back to this because I think it is an interesting discussion in light of, you know, the NFL versus college football why college football is so, I believe, much more enticing than the NFL. But you know, the 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 comment that Freeman made in the press conference, because I, I do think it caught a lot of people by surprise, you know. Like when he said it, it was kind of off the cuff, but it was almost like, hey, we've actually talked about this. This is something we've mm-hmm. discussed as a football team and And you in the moment that it happened, you know you're watching the game, and about the last thing in the world you would have expected is Audrick estimated to kneel down at the one yard line. Can you imagine what that would have looked like had he busted through like that, kneel down at the mean, one, and place the football down, and then we're like
2: am, am, am I remembering correctly? <laughs> did that happen against did that happen to us sometime in the last couple of years? So not, we were down, a of, and then it. knelt down to keep the clock running. I was a Stanford or something. I, I I seem to remember. No, we had a that guy that us, slowed. But,
1: we had a guy that slowed up, but then he he eventually did cross the end zone. So okay. he did slow up and kind of go sideways, and then eventually cross.
0: Well, I think what's more concerning is we had the ball in the 30, and thoughts are going through his mind about. You know, just running the ball into the line, a field goal setting up a field goal. goal. A forty seven yard field goal. Yeah, I mean, that that's uh, with, right. With, exactly. With, you know, with with this uh um, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde kicker that we have. So um that part, you know, to me, I mean, even if even if you're playing for a field goal, I think you still want to, you know, do what you can to get another fifteen get, yards. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Well, and and part of it is I, I think Mike going back to what we talked about earlier about the uh the the more involvement of statistics in the game or is, is there a sheet somewhere that says, you know, I th- think with with this kicker with a huge leg, are we better off? And the way the offense has been playing, let's just keep on running. And I I don't know if it was necessarily talked about and I I don't know how seriously they were saying, Oh, estimate should have knelt down. I, I from watching the press conference, I got the vibe that it was just him something he was just kind of chuckling about. I'm, I don't know how serious to take it, but I I would, also hope, think, I would
1: like to believe that, but I don't
2: know. No, I would too, <laughs> but I also think we, we also live, not only do we live in a world that is overly obsessed with statistics, but we're also living in a world, and I say this as someone who owns a website, uh, we're, we're always looking for the 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 next clicky story, the next story that's going to go. get everybody yep, jumping. We, we, we milked yep. everything we could out of the 10 men on the field and yep. all that. Um, yep. Oh, and by the way, uh, the person who had the sign saying Manti Te'o's girlfriend was Notre Dame's 11th guy. I, I got to admit, I laughed. I thought that sign was hilarious. But anyway. I didn't see that. This is just, this is just is one a good of one. those things that it's, it's a storyline that people can jump on. Oh, look, the inexperienced head coach is sticking his foot in it again. And it's something they can talk about where the anti notre Dame people can say, ha 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 ha. And I don't know how serious it was. And quite frankly, it doesn't bother me all that much because it's not like, he came off the field. and They were yelling at him for for not kneeling down. Oh, I think it was just yeah. it was something they thought of, and yeah, the yeah. I, head coach I, I mentioned I it. Agree, the
1: but I just, I'm sure they talked about it. But yeah, in the heat of the moment, man. In light of just the whole flow of the game and everything, mm-hmm. that was about the last thing in the world. Oh no doubt. No, I no. thought I would have seen.
0: I, th- I thought it was, I mean, sort of more concerning to me is, and I'm not quite sure, I, you know, I've read exactly how this went down, but but they were obviously having trouble getting a play in. I mean, Harvard yes. was really frustrated. It was down know? to but, eight seconds. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I mean, that that was kind of, you know, a little bit crazy. I mean, I think we have to, you know, we have to be honest, like the last, you know, two weeks, the last two games. You know, Freeman talks a lot about execution, execution, execution. You know, it's not as much about the play call. It's doing what we want to do and executing well. Yeah. Well, the, execute, the execution on the part of him and the staff has not been great the last two no. years. No. You know, it's, no. it's really been, it's, it's really, and, and they, they got away with it um, Saturday. Um, but, you know, we have to really tighten some of that stuff up. Yeah. Uh, because if we get into another, you know, sort of close uh, close encounter, Um, you know, that kind of stuff costs you a game. And and part of it also, I think is emotion
2: where, because you you see that the coaches are, are, they're firing their players up. And and I don't say this from the standpoint that, Oh, it's okay. No, I, and I think you're absolutely right. I mean, they do need to tighten this stuff up. They need to be ready with the play calls. I think part of what happened like with the 10 man thing last week is that uh, Freeman was uncertain what he wanted to see out there defense was. And by the time he made the choice, it wasn't able to be communicated to the guy who was supposed to be out there. I think part of it is you're in a highly emotional situation in a uh, a, uh, a incredibly uh, closely watched game. Everyone's fired up. Everybody's all, all on edge. A head coach needs to be able to set all that aside and say, OK, I'm thinking about what, the, if if this fourth and 16 works, I'm thinking about what the next play is going to be. If this, okay, once he spikes it, this is how we want to have things go. And then be ready to get the play in there and not get caught up in the great play that Sam Hartman made and how well Audrey Estime ran that last touchdown run. When you get caught up in that sort of thing, you stop thinking about, the strategy. And when you stop thinking about the strategy and suddenly have to switch gears back to, oh wait, what were we gonna do? Those are precious seconds and you can't let them go by.
0: Well, I graciously volunteered to be his Belichick-esque eye in the <laughs> sky and to keep track of all this <laughs> so, stuff for him. I, uh, I said, I said this, I really the man,
2: Ed Jordanic, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Right, put, right after
1: the game, I called Sully and I'm like, hey man, I just assumed that there was a graduate assistant who was up in the skybox. And his job was to count the number of players on every single play. I, I just if there if nobody's doing that, I'll do it right now. I'm willing to I'll offer myself right now mm-hmm. today. Give me Let's a free that. ticket, and I promise you, I'll count every guy on the defense every see, play. The
0: thing. they don't need a graduate assistant. What they need is some, you know, fifty-something with no life, <laughs> who's, like who, who's, who's watched so much football in their life? It's not going to allow
1: stuff. that to happen because they can't right. live with that.
0: Between the three of us, like you know, the stuff that we notice, okay, is way beyond. You know, the, I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, you know, we're more we're more tuned into these games than Jason freaking Garrett. Like sometimes I wonder what he's watching. <laughs> you know, like we, we certainly we certainly know more than you he know, just.
1: Yeah, he's getting a paycheck to just yeah. like. You just I mean, do it he, he hasn't has to, been living this since 2006
0: no, <laughs> no, 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 no. He's, and he's not as invested you know that's the thing exactly. Oh, right exactly so,
2: Jason Garrett, uh, all right. I just fine i was up until christ three in the morning after yeah that, i was too man. I was through, like oh, all right
1: well how do we interpret this i was the same way cool all right well, let's cut over to the predictions coffee i'll start brammer, first,
0: first of all brammer i'm really proud of you because i thought that in true Brammer fashion, we were going to start this podcast with you railing on the refs for about 10 minutes. I wanted to, believe me. I can't, I can't believe I, I mean, I, want, I wanted to
1: go there, but I was like, ah, you know what? This is a waste of time because it's, it's the yeah. constant. I mean, to, to literally have – well, to your point, Ed, the you Ed, said that we need a guy on the today? staff that's able to tell Freeman, hey, this is not a reviewable call. Just that's tell fine. Freeman. So right. Freeman can turn to the ref and say, like, dude, man – Hate To yeah. break the news to you, but this is not reviewable. Can you yeah. pass that back up to the? I mean, this is just ridiculous.
2: Although, yeah. that, that call that got
1: overturned, and I don't you know, I, I, you know, help I, help I saw help. I thought it was to the right of the pylon. I've got other people telling me, no, I think it was over the pylon. I'm like, that's I, I, why watched not,
0: it. That's why I thought it was reviewable. to the right, yeah, that's why it's not reviewable, exactly. So- there's yeah. not
1: indisputable video evidence that says that it was over the pylon. there's not hate uh, to break the news to you but it's not
0: <laughs> uh, listen they they they, are, they they have issues these these Oh my issues. god they, they really have issues yeah it's I, horrible you know i i literally you know i didn't even i wasn't even like trying to find holding calls and uh, like four of them just jumped off the you, you could have
1: easily there mm-hmm. were several that they did not call that were like, oh my God, are you serious? Like,
2: yeah. And
1: it's just frustrating as hell because I, I know that, I don't know. That's a, I think we need to open that up on a totally different Sorry, podcast because we I need like myself. five I minutes I
0: just, I just thought it to
1: dissect that. that. But I had um, Sully send me some statistics about the number of calls going back the last five years in terms of. Who are the most penalized teams in the nation? And it's all the top teams. But Notre Dame particularly has suffered pretty bad. The one year that they didn't was the year they were in the ACC conference. That was their best year for penalties not called against them. Every other year, not even in the top 50, they're like one of the worst teams
0: in America. Well, I mean, I do think that it is that, that I, it, to me, it's a disturbing trend. And I think it's, it's designed to protect quarterbacks, but it's drifted into all phases is that holding is not called. It's I not. Mean, it, it's just not
2: called. You just it's call just it whatever you want to call it.
0: And, and, you know, like, I mean, Cam Hart, that, you know, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. had him, had his shoulders, you know, in his, his jersey, in his grasp on the long yeah. touchdown run by Ohio oh, yeah. State. You know, yeah. there was, there were a half dozen plays where, you know, I thought holding, at least that they're going to call it when somebody's, you know, guy's arm, uh, lineman's arm is across a defensive guy's neck. But Howard Cross probably would have had nine sacks and 17 yeah. tackles for yeah. losses if they called holding. I mean, exactly. it's really, it's it's, 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 it's frustrating as hell. Yeah.
1: And, and, you know, just on the, the targeting call on Patello. Oh. <laughs> what is the last time you saw a targeting call I've never
0: seen that. below
1: the guy's waist
0: i've never seen it it's like forget about above his shoulders i've like, never heard of that
2: call until it got called on us i was like wait wait but that's a call that's a thing
1: below the guy's waist they called targeting well yeah, somebody, that's
2: just dumb i
1: can't please somebody in this ecosphere send us several references of calls in college football games where that's happened because i don't know of one well, somebody put, like,
0: one. somebody put like five or six clips together of that same game Saturday night with guys getting hit with helmets in their butt, in their hip. In their, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, you know, so that all technically, I guess, meet these guys' definition of targeting. And I'm sorry, but it is useless to have these ex refs in the booths for these games providing yeah. commentary. No. All they do is stick oh, for their horrible. jackass brethren. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it's they, they 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 never they never are gonna contradict no. you know, a call and they're gonna make stuff up if they have to just to make their guys look good. I mean it's just worthless. No. Get them out of
1: here. Yeah. They need us. I, I thought it was I thought it was pathetic. I literally thought it was absolutely pathetic. I've never seen that call anywhere in any college football game. And I don't watch every college football game, but I do watch a lot and that's the first time i've seen it below the waist oh, yeah. and, you know, targeting hitting and, the guy in his thigh with your helmet sorry you're gone yeah you can't play the next game
0: yeah that i mean it has real consequences huge you know, it's consequences not, it's not just a 15-yard penalty i mean no. you, know, you can't play the first half Saturday. Night. yeah and that's oh god just unbelievable yeah. just
1: crazy all right coffee what's your prediction
2: well I've been kind of going back and forth. I mean, it's like, which offense are we going to see? Is, can yeah. the offense really get their, get themselves on track and get back to the quality? I am going to say Notre Dame is going to win it 31-20. to 20.
1: There you go. I'm very close to you. 31-17. I, I think that the field goal, I, I think we might have some late stuff, you know, that kind of slips in. But I do think 31-17... I, I think we turn it around
0: a little bit and, and execute, Ed. Mm-hmm. I was intrigued by the Louisville um, North Carolina state score being such a low scoring game. Yeah. 13, 10. Um, but I think that, you know, if, if Louisville only scored 13 points against NC state, um, it's going to be tough for them to score 30 points on us or, or you know, so yeah. I think you guys are right. Kind of in that, you know two touchdowns three touchdowns max scored by then um, so i'll i'll say and I, I think the offense will kind of break out of their their little mini slump so i'll will say uh, i'll say i'll say
1: 38-20 nice so we're well, all suppo- same, same, you know. supposedly Gray- mm-hmm. House is still a little bit of a question mark it's not def- definitive he's playing uh, but apparently Thomas is back. That'll help. And I think that's a big, huge, big, huge difference in this game.
2: Eli Rarden, I think, is going to be playing. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be very interested yeah, to see that. what happens with the tight ends this week because I, I know yeah, I, I would love the to the whole stage kind of disappeared, but I think that's more of a function of yeah, of other guys emerging. So now is this where Eli Rarden is going to suddenly yeah. appear and just c- catch over hundred yards of Offense, yeah, I don't know I, I, he he's a stud. I, I, I,
0: mean, I want to see us come out in a set with Reardon, Sherwood, Stays, and Evans. I want to see a four tight end set. <laughs>
2: there we go, at least you a know,
0: quarterback sneak for
1: the first down on fourth and I, one. You'd you know, want to why see, not, that.
0: right? Why not? <laughs> uh, um, so, I, uh, you know, I think yeah. that could be. I mean, it's our strongest position group, it has been for years. Oh, for sure, yeah, for sure. I mean, every single, I mean, has Evans got a touchdown pass yet this year? I don't think so. Uh, but not Shur- a touchdown. touchdown.
2: Yeah, you're right. No,
0: but, but Sherwood has and stays, of course, has. And, yep. you know, Evans, of course, has, you know, caught everything else except a touchdown. Um, yep. And so maybe, you know, so Reardon, I mean, we're going to have four tight ends with, you know, touchdown catches this year before it's all over. I mean, Yeah. so.
2: Good problem put, to have.
0: Put them all in That'd there.
2: Yeah.
0: And Cooper That's Flanagan, good. we aren't even talking about him. We haven't even
1: talked about, yeah. I'll tell you what, him. a stud yeah. that hasn't even gotten to the field yet.
0: No, he's played. I've seen him out there. Eighty-seven. Has right? he? I
1: think he's
0: got Mayor's number. But yeah, yeah. he He's played. Um, I even. I think I saw him. I think he played. You know, at least a handful of plays on Saturday night. But I, I
1: had heard a lot of people thought that he might sneak in to significant playing time. Not. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not to be surprised by that, which that so, just tells you how deep that core is. I mean, yeah. man, that's so a good sign.
0: Forgive me. We need a five tight end set. Right there. You go. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Five tight ends and one running back, right? Is that, do I have yep. my math right or no? What, five? No, empty backfield and five tight empty ends. Empty backfield, yeah. Yeah,
1: okay. Yeah. <sighs> All right, good deal. Uh, we'll leave it there. You've been listening to Dome and Domer, an online conversation about Notre Dame sports from a fan's perspective. For Mike Coffee, Edward Danek, I'm Mike Bremer. Thanks for listening.